Welcome to the Sports Epreneur Podcast, the podcast where sports and entrepreneurship collide, a Kessource production. In this episode, I chat with Game Day co-founder, Danny Harris. Game Day empowers athletes and gives sports fans a better way to shop. The I see it, I want it mentality has captured many people. That's where Game Day comes in. And now we welcome the innovative Danny Harris. Sportsypreneur is a content platform, a collaborative team, and a marketing brand that is all about showcasing leaders and difference makers in and around the world of sports. While we create our own content, we also create content with you. This includes collaborative content and exclusive content for your brand. Think podcasts, blogs, social media, and overall content strategy. Our sports content marketing team is specifically niche for those in the sports industry. That includes sports businesses, athletes, managers, coaches, trainers, entrepreneurs, and business leaders in the sports market. The bottom line is we want to help with your sports-related brand, your content marketing, and your story. Connect with us on Instagram at sportsepreneur or find us online at sportsepreneur.com. Sportsepreneur, the content platform where sports and entrepreneurship collide. Someone was just on this morning, CNBC, and I don't remember his name. He's on the board, I believe, at Notre Dame. And some of these schools, either they can sound like elitist or whatever, but he's saying that it doesn't work for them to do the online learning. Like they're so invested in, you have to be on campus. And so if they can't get everyone here, they don't know. Yep. And what does that mean for, for sports, right? What does it mean for college sports? And it's kind of getting going on all this. I just saw Akron shut down cross country, I think men's golf. And if I'm not mistaken, another program. I mean, they've been other ones since the University of Cincinnati shut down their soccer program. Wait, just wipe the program out? I'll wipe the whole thing out. Yeah. Yeah. And Cincinnati, I can't remember the numbers and we can link to it, but millions of dollars, you know, so like they shut down three programs at Akron. I think it was $4.4 million that saved them. So it's again, it's in college sports. When you start looking at like programs like Ohio State or Texas or some of these other huge programs, I mean, it's nothing but football is really the only one that makes money. College basketball in some places makes money. And maybe it, like I saw LSU, their baseball program is one of the few baseball programs that actually turns a profit. Every other sports of like pick a sport, there's 20 of them, right? More, they all lose money and it's for other purposes. But even Akron, I saw, wasn't even recognized. They weren't going to keep the scholarships. So it's just turning the whole thing off. So it's sad. It's a tough time. And, and so we're just talking about these things like you're talking about Stanford. So if Stanford doesn't have fall, well, what do they do with football? And I get it. It's got the Pac-12. So I hear rumors and you hear talkings of like, well, they're due by the conference. So the NCA isn't going to make a decision for all. I guess if the Big Ten decides, well, we're going to have a football season, but we'll have our own football season, kind of like an old school football season like that we're used to. I think the MAC is changing conference championships, like a limiting how they're going to do it as opposed to having this huge event. They'll just simplify the process. Maybe four teams make it. They play in one spot and that's it. So, I mean, the landscape of sports as we see it, I mean, then you get into the youth sports. I mean, my son plays soccer. My kids play youth sports as well. My daughter dances, but she, she's been spring dance. And all of a sudden it's like they're getting ready for all their competitions and there's no competition. What's been cool about that is they've been doing a lot of online stuff. So she's got three days a week, at least, where she's dancing still. And they set up the iPad and it's great. I mean, she comes down and she's sweating and she's worked out this whole time. They did this daddy and daughter thing where it's like buns and beers. And so we, they taught us how to put a bun in her hair and had a beer. And then we had to do a dance to MC Hammers Can't Touch This, of course. So that was ridiculous. But yeah, but you know what? Like you got to make the most of it, but it's like the competition's over. But my son plays soccer. Spring season's gone. They don't know what's going to happen in the summer. What about camps? What about training? What about in the fall? I mean, and that's just 
So you got youth sports, you got college sports, you got professional sports. It's like the NFL is going on like it's going to happen. But I think we all know, like, we don't know what's going to happen. And there's this athletes are just kind of hanging out and they're, I'm sure they're training and doing stuff and thinking about a lot of different stuff. And it's probably where someone like yourself comes in, where we come in to like, just think about content creation. I think about like a CJ McCollum who had created a podcast long before all this stuff started happening. And he's out there at the very beginning. He's like, tell your story, create content. I don't know what your thing is. And everyone's thing is different. It doesn't mean you have to have a podcast. You could do all sorts of stuff. Like you said, you can wear apparel and sell it. So kind of brings me into why we're talking today. First of all, just coming across stuff, being impressed with it, being fascinated by it. Game day, GMDY, game day. And it's a really cool idea. And I'd like you to just kind of touch on it where, first of all, you just came up with this idea of game day. Yeah. So the idea originated from me sitting on my couch watching a Warriors basketball game a couple of years ago. They happen to be wearing for Chinese Heritage Night a red warm-up. And like all of us sitting on our couch and it caught my eye, I actually didn't do anything about it at the time until a couple of days later. I had to be sitting at my laptop and thinking about what that was. Something triggered me and I then decided I want to go find it. And if I could find it, I would now buy it. So like all of us, we go through the same channels. We go to Google, we start to do a search. We go to some of the retailers, the online retailers that we know about. And we start sort of utilizing their existing navigational systems and elements. Red warm-up, warriors, bench, or if you're on the retailer, it's first you navigate to the warriors, and then it's maybe jacket. And then you're forced into the existing navigational elements that have existed from the beginning of e-commerce. And what that really triggered in my mind was, is that what do sports fans remember? We remember experiences. And those experiences are the games that we're watching. They're the friends that we were with. They were the athletes that were in the game. They were the events that took place in that particular game, whether that was a a winning shot or a, a great play. So those are the things that trigger in our minds, I believe, as a sports fan, who were they playing against? What was the date? And so that's ultimately where game day came to be, was really wanting to provide sports fans with that real-time, experience-based shopping opportunity. It was, if I'm watching the game now live, how can I quickly navigate to the things that I see? If I'm just watching highlights, which many of us do at the same time, two days later or the day after on YouTube, I know what game that it was. I know the teams that were playing. How can I just quickly navigate to that particular event to remind myself what it was and discover what it was? And then if I decide to, how can I quickly go buy it? That's ultimately where it came from, was really just wanting me as a sports fan to satisfy my I see it and I want it mentality, which is where we all are today. When you thought of it for yourself, because you being a fan, right, being in the Bay Area, sports is a big deal there. Did you also recognize that other people perhaps would want it too? Was it conversations that you started having with people and they're like, yeah, yeah, you need to lean into that a little bit? (laughs) It was. It was. I certainly spent six or eight months trying to talk through sort of in this type of experience, what would you do? Also, as you're watching more games and as you're watching more events, you sort of start to see a live events in particular or just friends sitting on a couch or buddies at a bar. You start to listen more closely to the conversations that are taking place in your close vicinity. The other thing that you realize is I use Instagram as a main area sort of of my social engagement. And when you really dig into that, it's ripe for this type of opportunity. You see it constantly in the comments. What is it? How do I find it? 
how can I figure out what this is? And so that was another element that really helped me understand that there's a real need for this immediate opportunity to provide value and discovery opportunities for fans when they see it and when they want it. Yeah. There's a few things going on there. That last thing you talked about, Instagram. Mm -hmm. So many people are thinking about social media as a way to grow their business, acquire new clients. And, and, and no doubt, like you can interact with someone you never had the opportunity to interact with, right? You could talk to someone. And I could be in Charlotte, you could be in San Francisco. We never would have met, but somehow we met on Instagram. But I think like what you said, I don't think, I know, you can use it as research, as listening, like you use that word listening on Instagram. Like you just spend time and you get to see what are people thinking. Maybe you don't have any friends. Maybe you don't have access to people. Maybe you're in Montana and there's no one within miles of you and your internet goes down because your daughter pulls out the internet, right? So it's like, what are you going to do? Well, hopefully you have access to data on your phone, but you can pay attention that way. And you can say, when someone's watching the game, what are they thinking? And it's not just one person. It's a group of people. It's fascinating because you said we talked about it. You were just on the podcast with Jay Richardson, played Ohio State. I got the Ohio State helmet back here. When I'm watching a game, there's a lot of times I'll go on Twitter and I'll just watch the reaction. And it's amazing as the thinking that's going on and the information that you get, no different than it could just be, for example, Michael Thomas comes back to an Ohio State early season game because the Saints happen to have a bye week and he's wearing a t-shirt and people are talking about the t-shirt that he's wearing. It's immediate, right? And there's tons of stuff so you can catch that. So I, I totally get it. But that applies to just not just your business to any business. So you're like, well, get on these platforms and you could use it not to go sell something, not to go spam someone, but to actually just pay attention. I think there's just a lot you can get if you just did that. So I'm glad you brought it up. You also are alluding to this experience that people have when they take in a game. You're talking about if you're watching it with your family, if you go to a bar and watch the game. I believe that the experience, and we know this is happening because you have AI coming about, you have these just different ways. You have to have an interactive experience of watching the game because if not, it just becomes not what it was. The games can get a little boring. And then you have this new generation of people that like watching the game, but perhaps it takes too long. Perhaps a college football game takes four hours and NFL games takes three and a half hours, whatever that might be. It's a beautiful day outside. You want to go outside. But anyway, the overall, I think the experience of taking in a game has to change. And if that means I can watch the game and also see what my favorite players or favorite teams are wearing and I can interact with it and perhaps I can go shopping for it. Do you see that as a reason as saying, I want to change the experience for the fan, forget about what's going to happen with it. They get a different experience as a result of using game day. Yeah. I mean, we're all using that second screen, whether that's for tweeting about what we're doing or perusing your Instagram feed, but there's this constant, I mean, it's the evolution of what technology has provided us. And the fact that in this small device, it's as powerful as the laptop that we're using right now. And we have access to anything and everything at our fingertips and it's real time. And so the reality that, that we can fight it and the broadcasters can say, well, we'll just provide better engagement just in the broadcast itself. But the reality is that we're all using a second screen to learn other things about perhaps that game or just other distractions. If we can keep these fans more engaged in the event itself and game day can help as a facilitator of that, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, I believe it. We also are now in a time, right, which we've talked about, you know, this pandemic, there's, we don't know when sports is going to take place again, when we're going to be going back to games. And, and I'm not here to prognosticate what's going to happen there. 
I think it's going to take a while, though, that people are back in stadiums either at all or at full capacity. So people aren't going to be going to games, but they want their sports. They miss their sports. They crave their sports. So they're not going to be going to games. They're going to need even more ways to interact. Like online, like gambling is going to be a like, oh man, I need some action. I need yeah, something. I can't go something. to the game. I need something. Well, or I need, like you said, with this interactive experience, do you think that with First of all, going back to saying, hey, the experience of taking in a game, the broadcast has to change. And they're already playing with that. Like, we want access behind the scenes. I want to see a camera. They're talking about in the NBA, ref cams, where I can watch the interaction. I can see how fast or at least a better experience, not from above. I can see these different ways or different camera angles, or I can choose the way I want to watch my game. It's that interactive experience. I also think because of the fact that we might not be going to stadiums, you need a draw in. So if you can give me something that allows me to be maybe interactive, but without being at the game, I mean, that's where something like game day as well can come in. Have you seen that shift? Have you guys spent time thinking through that part of it? Yeah, 100%. We think that not only are we providing this platform that exists on the web, as well as on the Android platform and the iOS platform, we see this being a much larger opportunity to partner with these existing services where fans are already engaging in sports whether that is a highlight platform for sports or live streaming for sports, or even in the linear world of sports, it's creating with the existing base that is engaging in these activities, we believe that we can provide an additional opportunity for fan engagement to see the shoes and just understand what's the model of shoes that LeBron's wearing at the All-Star Game? What model jersey is Steph Curry wearing? Is it the association? Is it the city jersey? Is it the Blah, blah, you know, whatever names are, are provided from the NBA. Just a, an interesting anecdote. There was during the French Open last summer, Lacoste did a campaign with NBC Universal. And they actually put a QR code in the bottom right corner of the broadcast. And the announcers before each break said, Hey, if you're interested in buying what Novak Djokovic is wearing right now, pull out your cell phone and scan this QR code. It's things like that that drove those fans directly to Lacoste to see exactly what he was wearing and to buy it right then and there. There was incredible engagement at that opportunity. It's simple things like that that exist that certainly game day can provide. I would also argue that from a sports fan's perspective, what they missed out on was the fact that Novak wears ASIC shoes and uses head as his racket. So the miss from a what's allowing Novak to be this huge success on the court was a miss because, well, it, this was a Lacoste-specific campaign but an amazing opportunity to engage with fans in a completely new way. Right. Well, they talk about a lot like golfers, they'll show like what's in the bag. And a lot of times, right, they're going to have a brand deal and it's the bag's going to be one thing. The clubs are all going to be the same, but you want to know it all. You want to know what glove they're wearing, what shoes they're wearing, the shirt, the hat, the, you know, the logos are out there. It's incredible branding. It's also a chance, I think, for the players to possibly to have fun with it, which they've done. Like a lot of these leagues, you going back in the day, like you watch an NBA game or college basketball game, they're wearing different shoes. The players, like before it was like, we either got to wear all white, we got to wear all black (laughs) and you can't differentiate. Now it's like Russell Westbrook will wear all sorts of crazy shoes. And people are fascinated by that. The sneaker culture is is something real. I mean, I always get fascinated by like, man, they want the arm brace and they want it after the game, after they sweat in it. But if nothing else, like you could go to AAU games at all different levels and you see these kids, they're loaded up. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, they look like Carmelo Anthony coming on the court with all the gear that he ever wore. So I definitely think that they could have fun with it because I heard you also talk about on the podcast with Jay Richardson, 
this is for all players, you know, like a Kevin Durant or like I mentioned a Michael Thomas or a lot of these players, I mean, they can get almost probably any brand deal that they want. They're exclusive to whatever Nike and all that, that any player at these leagues, they can have a presence with a game day. They can reach out to you. They can have this and, and they can do something unique with it. That could be like, wow, I like that player. He doesn't play a lot, but he's a lot of fun. And I like the colorful shoes that he wears. And I think they need that, especially in a lot of sports like the NFL, when they don't get a lot of face time like some of these other sports do. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that part up. What I've learned throughout the last couple of years as we've been developing the platform is if we think back to the beginning of the conversation, this was very consumer focused and really just wanting to provide sports fans with that real-time opportunity. What I've learned over time is perhaps there's even a greater opportunity on the athlete side, on the business front, the athletes, the agents, the business managers, everybody that sort of has the athlete's business in mind. And so what this actually creates, and to that point is, every athlete has an opportunity to have a game day profile. It doesn't have to be the tier one athletes. This is meant for every athlete that wants help and needs a tool to assist them in their branding opportunities. So over time, what this ultimately becomes is an athlete's personalized store that has opportunities to nap for their fans to navigate by the matches that they played or the tournaments that they were in. And they can see exactly what they use during that particular event, but also expanding it further into what are the supplements that they take? What is the training gear that they use outside of? What's the lifestyle gear that I just have an affinity for? And maybe I don't even have a business relationship with, but I happen to post something on Instagram that my fans happen to see. It's all of that. It's that 360-degree view that every athlete has an opportunity to provide and share to their fans and followers. We don't believe exists today. And it's only going to help lift up every single athlete and provide interesting opportunities for them to engage with their fans in another way. That's well said. I mean, they have this platform and you've got to take advantage of it. And you've used the word a few times that I've talked about it as well. That's what it's all about is opportunity. So you said it's an opportunity for the fans. It's an opportunity for the athletes. And and that's right. I mean, that's what needs to be the focus. Well, what happens with that opportunity? What you do with it is going to make a difference. If it's whatever, it's just too much noise out there and it's the same thing everyone else is doing. Well, it might not matter, but that opportunity exists, like you said, for the fans, but even more importantly, for the players and not just the elite players, right? I've, I've talked to athletes before, like, well, yeah, of course, LeBron and Kevin Durant, they can do anything they want. Well, if you put in the effort and you put in the time and you think a little bit differently about it, you can do these things as well. People want to hear from you. They want to hear these stories. They want to hear, that's what we talk about a lot, of course, right? They want to hear like, well, how did you get here? What do you think about? What do you do when you're not playing? How do you train? Kids are like paying attention to this. And we have uh, Moali Hadapur. He comes on and, and he hosts a, a miniseries podcast with us. And he's talking to footballers around the world. And they talk about like, what do they eat on game day? What boots do they wear? What's their favorite drill in practice? Who are their idols when they were growing up? And at some point, you know, someone might go, what, who cares about that? A lot of people care about that stuff. And the boots that they wear, it's like, that's everything. And talk about like influence in that world. My goodness, it's like LeBron James, you would think like would have the most followers on Instagram. It's not even close when you start getting out to the Messi's and Ronaldo's. It's outrageous is the numbers are just aren't even close. And so, but that exists. Even if you don't have a lot of followers, you do have a platform. You are going to be on ESPN. You are going to be on Fox and people are going to be paying attention to it. And you do have other ways of doing it. Again, it goes to opportunity and, and that can fit to their entire brand, right? No different than game day's brand and the player's brand, but 
I mean, obviously you'd probably agree with this with what all you're doing and how important branding is. And, and branding is not just when you're playing. It's not just when you're in the post-game interview. It's not just when you walk out and fans see you walking to your car or they see you on the street or they hear you on a podcast or they see you get interviewed on ESPN. I mean, all of it added together piece by piece is your brand and no different than, well, what you wear during game day or, or the pregame or postgame or in the press conference is also a part of your brand. And that's where game day comes in. Do you talk to athletes about it? Do you explain like, they obviously know brand's important, but it's just this word. I feel like sometimes it could just be thrown around. Like when I say the word branding and as it relates to game day, like what comes to mind for you? I think about branding obviously two ways. It's how does just simply sports fans understand that there's this great tool out there that they can start to understand and start following their favorite athletes and just learn more about what those athletes represent. On the other side, on the athlete front, to your point, the word that I like to use is, is authenticity. Your brand is your authentic voice, whether you're using your actual voice or not. It's who you are and really what you represent and how you want to be conveyed in the public eye. Taking it a step further, when we're talking to athletes about what the opportunities are with the platform and where we can provide a, a value for them in that tool is think about that social content that you're posting. And you just happen to snap a picture. That's who you are. That's not an advertisement. That's just who you are. And we want to help. And we believe that we can provide that extra layer of awareness from that simple post that you have. It's not sponsored by. It's, this is me and this is what I represent. It's you on the court. It's not an ad when LeBron is wearing his 17s on the court. They're obviously helping make him the arguably one of the greatest players in sports. He's not using that because it doesn't work. So that's an authentic impression that all of us fans have of him. And it happens throughout an athlete's life. And um, anytime that they're in the public eye, they should be thinking about that component. Yeah, I mean, a lot of what you're talking about too, it's just content in a unique way. And I think it's just so important and, and what that content can be so many different things. Like content doesn't have to just be a blog or a podcast like I've talked about before. It's what is unique about you? What is your voice? And it's just that authenticity. It's again, another word thrown around a lot. And just because someone says it doesn't mean they're being authentic, right? We all know that, but it does matter, right? And I think if they can be out there and do content in a unique way, that's why like someone like a Russell Westbrook, like people can get mad at him and he's so focused on his dress. He's just a unique individual and he's a lot of fun to watch and he plays at the max speed at all times. Like to me, it's like, I want to watch him. I tune in and if he's on, I'm going to watch at least for a little bit because there's something unique about that. And a lot of the other ones fall in line with everything else. But I would argue that he's maybe one of the most authentic athletes out there because not only does he do what he wants to do and doesn't care necessarily about what the critics say, especially on his brand, but he's consistent. He never sways, whether he's on the court or walking into the arena. It is as consistent as it gets. And to me, that's the first sign of authenticity. For sure. Well, they tell the stories about his warmups and like how regimented yeah. it is and like to the minute. And if it gets thrown off, like that could be dangerous, right? Because all of a sudden, like the lights go out and you can't do your routine warm up. And I'm sure players, someone like him could handle it. But like you're saying, very consistent. So you've talked about when you talk to athletes and you reference also on your website, the different teams that are a part of this. What does the process look like for you? Is it both? Are you working with the teams and the players? Is it just depend on the situation and the team and the relationship that you might have? Who are you ultimately communicating with when they're working with game day? So we think opportunistically. 
At this point, as our main focus is, hey, let's get the word out to the athlete community. We see a few of the targeted audiences that I think about are certainly the athletes directly, the agents of these athletes, and the players' associations as some targeted audiences. Players' associations obviously have the best interest in mind of their entire athlete community. And their main focus is maximizing the value of all of their athletes. But if we think one layer below that, the agents certainly have that same goal in mind at a much smaller scale, and they have a greater impact in the individual athlete's best interest. And our main focus really is, from a game day partnership perspective with an athlete, is we want to share in the revenue with them through the transactions that are taking place as a result of an athlete's influence from their profile. So we're actually going to put money in their pocket and share in that that revenue opportunity, which is where some of the lower tier or the underrepresented athletes in sports really stand to benefit. But two, where we think the greatest opportunity with the platform exists is proving an athlete's influence. So if you think about all that consumer activity that's taking place through the game day platform as a result of an athlete's influence, starting at... Well, let's use... LeBron's profile. If I happen to be interested in the shoes he was wearing on the All-Star game, and I went and bought them, all of that consumer activity that's going to take place from his profile is going to come back to LeBron in the form of analytics. How many Nike shoes did he sell through the platform? What categories? What retailers? What brands? Maybe I went to go buy a pair of LeBrons because of his influence, but maybe I bought six pairs of Adidas shoes. That's interesting for LeBron to understand that he actually influenced other brands from a consumer's perspective. But take it one step further, what fans have I influenced? If we think back to the authenticity piece on social media, it's hard to tell what number of followers are real. Hundreds of millions of followers on the platform, what percentage? Some argue it's 40% aren't real, 50% are real. I don't know what the number is, But if we see through game day, an athlete has this level of influence because these are fans that are actually purchasing, that's a different type of engagement that we can help these athletes and fans have between one another. So it's just that extra layer of opportunity that exists that doesn't exist today. Where does the apparel company in those examples, where do they come in, right? So you have the transaction, they go and buy the Nike basketball shoes. Where does Nike come into that? So we see opportunities with the brands as a way to understand the athletes that they have relationships with. How can we help showcase those athletes in a different way in relationship to Nike? We also see potential opportunities in showing to them athletes that may not have any brand representation. Maybe show those athletes that are up and coming, that are growing their influence And maybe that's an opportunity for these brands to create relationships with these athletes because they weren't known necessarily in the past, but we can prove that they actually have consumer influence. So it's a way for them to become aware and awareness in the athlete community. But also, hey, we just want to help these brands sell more stuff and have more discovery of their products in the sports world. And they don't necessarily like... If you drove someone to buy the $100 sneakers from, I don't know if they would go Nike.com or Foot Locker, Finish Line, one of those places, there's a percentage, obviously, that game day is going to keep. There's a percentage that the player is going to keep. Is it a markup price? How does that work? It's a relationship that we have actually today with the retailers. Okay. 
So it's like an affiliate almost in a way. Yeah. We have about 9 million products in our catalog that we can connect. And all of that comes via the relationships with the retailers. Those retailers could be brands directly. Like Under Armour is a retailer in our catalog. And it's obviously a brand at the same time. Okay. So then you're, like you said, you're thinking opportunistically, you're making these relationships. Okay. We have an Under Armour. This guy wears Under Armour all the time. We got the catalog. It's just going to work. If we don't have, say, I don't know, the Adidas lineup, which is not saying you don't, but like the Adidas lineup of boots for soccer, for footballers, then you could start making some connections there to then open up that part of the catalog. Exactly. Yep. And those are obviously easy conversations when we say, hey, we have these athletes that we are looking to connect your brands with from a consumer's perspective. Okay. When this thing started happening with the whole pandemic coming down and you know, you could see it to where like, well, there's no sports being played. And I've heard you talk about like, well, we're going to pivot and we're do all this stuff. But how much as a business owner, not necessarily about game day, but just in general, when you're an entrepreneur and you're a founder and you're trying to put this thing together, next thing you know, it's like, well, the thing that we're driving to people the most is actually watch the game, interact with it, see the products that they're wearing, buy the products, everybody wins the whole thing. Well, there's nothing to watch. Now I get it. You know, Bundesliga is going to start up this weekend as we're talking. How much is that like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? <laughs> so that's a question that I get asked all the time. It's the, now that there aren't games and you're relying on games, what's been interesting, and I really channel, and you and I talked about it earlier on, was the CJ McCollum, he tweeted the day after the NBA season was suspended, where he said, hey, now's the time. Basically, it was a call out to his peers. Now's the time for you to start thinking about what are you going to be doing and start taking those calls. So it was a perfect opportunity for game day in respect of now's our opportunity to really start getting the word out to these athletes because they're aware that sports can be taken away from them in an instant. And what does that mean for them? And how can we, game day, highlight the value of the tool that is going to help them maximize their brand and help them weather this storm? Although there aren't sports going on, we as sports fans are still heavily influenced by what they are doing, what they are talking about, who they are representing. So while they're not playing on the court or the course, there is still a way for them to understand and share their influence with their fans. So I would say for us, it was a perfect opportunity and also an opportunity for me to pause for a second to say, all right, now's our opportunity. Let's strike and let's get the word out now. So we're ready when sports comes back. And when it does, not if, obviously when, we'll be ready to help support and drive those opportunities forward. Yeah, well, that's a good founder. It's well said to just take it in. Where are we? Hit the pause button, reflect on it, think about it. How can we take opportunities? How can we help someone else at the same time take an opportunity? Because like you said, it's not stopping them from, they might have a basketball court in their backyard from shooting some threes and going live on Instagram and wearing the gear and like, I want that, right? When my daughter sees it, she's like, it's just no different than watching a game. You see the random yellow and pink sneakers that they have, or basketball shoes that they've been wearing. Well, maybe she wants them. And I've seen it. It's funny too, because they mentioned Ohio State before. So they get all this amazing gear and it's always new and it's always freshened up and it's clean looking, right? And so the coaches are wearing these gray, slim fitting Nike pants and they all have them on. They all have different fits and styles and all that. I'm like, those are awesome pants. Like, but you don't go to their store necessarily and find those specific pants, like the windbreaker, whatever, the shell, whatever that they're, you can find those things. The jerseys are obviously there, but there's certain things that they're wearing. You're like, we need those. I need those, right? You wear those anywhere. Like those are perfect. So 
seeing like you talk about what it is that game day does, it's everyone at some level is a part of that. Maybe you just want to know, right? Maybe you just want to research. And like you said, that's analytics. That's going to help these different people. Like perhaps it is the assistant coach and the assistant coach didn't realize that he wears this hat or he has this armband. Like he didn't realize that people see it and they want to pay attention to it. Nike maybe didn't realize like, well, that's someone that he's very colorful on the sidelines. Like that's something that game day can help out with. If you think about the content a little bit differently. Yeah. And you mentioned it. It's every person in sports has influence. And again, whether you have 40 million followers or 50,000 followers, they all are interested in what you're representing. I would argue that the athlete with 50,000 followers have a more engaged fan base because maybe they haven't had the opportunity to have the millions of fake followers pop on board. And so those arguably could be considered really the micro-influencers, but those actually are more valuable for brands, for themselves, and really being able to expand what they can provide and conversations that they can have between the two of them, between the fan base, their followers, and the athletes themselves. Yeah. So... You touched on that too, getting into college athletes in, in a couple of different ways. I'll ask this first question. I'll go to the next one. College athletes, obviously, they're going to start to get paid for likeness. I don't know if anyone has a clue as to what world they're entering with that. I don't know how they police it. I guess they'll just figure it out as they go. Do you see game day as a resource that will be able to get into that market, perhaps? Is that something you're paying attention to? Yeah, we are. I mean, we're ready to strike at that opportunity once more awareness comes around as in more understanding about really what the opportunities will be. I mean, you just name, image, likeness. Like Again, what does that actually mean? But the college sports community is unbelievable opportunity for game day. I don't know how many times you mentioned Ohio State. You are a passionate fan and you will remain a passionate fan no matter whether that athlete is there today or the next batch of athletes that come on campus next year. So you're going to constantly be engaged in those sports and be interested in what's happening at the college level, the next quarterback for Ohio State is going to matter to you. So every athlete, because of their alumni, is going to continue to have an incredible influence and incredible opportunity to have these engagement opportunities and let game day be a tool that can help them now and maybe when they're able to move on to the next level. Maybe not. Yeah, you don't know, but it's this opportunity that exists. And it'll be interesting to say like, well, who are you going to be dealing with in that world? Because you could have a 19-year-old kid or you have their family or are there agents involved? Do you get marketing representatives at this point? Like, what does that look like? I mean, there's obviously going to be challenges, but of course, right? Because we're dealing with challenges is the opportunity that exists behind it. So as I think about it too, is that we talk about this a lot. It's hard because I, I get it. I'm not, I was never siding that athletes shouldn't be paid. It's just that I do think that athletes always had this opportunity to build their brand. They just couldn't get paid for it, but they could build it to one day capitalize on it. So if they're in high school or college, they can engage with people. They can't get paid for it, but they can still create a following. They can create engagement. They could say hello to the same person who's sitting next to them in class. They could get on Instagram. And you pick a player like a, like a Justin Fields has a great game. And my son happens to be watching the game and he somehow mentions like, oh, he's the best quarterback in Hussey history, whatever he says. There's nothing stopping Justin Fields from getting on it and saying, hey, Mason, I'm glad you liked that game today. That was fun, wasn't it? 
I mean, he's already a fan, but it's like you get to that next level. Okay, so now he's out of college and he's in the pros and he plays for the Denver Broncos wherever. Well, he's got a fan. He's always going to be a fan or it doesn't work out. He gets hurt and he doesn't play. Well, he still has people that pay attention to him and he still might have the gear and the training or whatever. So I think there's still opportunities to build that following, to build that engagement. As I'm, I was just trying to find here, like, you see it pick any college program, whether it's especially football, when they sign these four or five star recruits, they get a following immediately. I mean, they already had a following. So if you pick Texas, if you pick Michigan, if you pick USC, it's like, boom, there you go. You got this huge following. Now, what are you going to do with it? And now you're going to have this opportunity. But wow, like you really do have this opportunity. And even if that four or five star doesn't become the superstar player, man, you can still build something pretty nice for yourself. And I think that's kind of what you're doing. It's going back to the beginning. It's there's this opportunity, but you just, it's what do you do with it? Because your brand, your reputation stands on it. If you're the guy that won't give anybody else the time of day, well, then, you know, that's your reputation. That'll play itself out long run. But if you do and, and you have some time and you can give some of those fans a little bit of action that, that they're looking for, man, it could go a long way, especially all of a sudden they want to buy the jersey that you wear, or buy the sneakers that you're wearing. Yeah. And, and today they have no visibility into even what that influence actually is. And so as they are building things, as they are creating those relationships, they're blind to actually what that value actually is. The why are they doing it is less clear. It's more gray. And so it, it's a component of we want to help make it a little more black and white and create true awareness of why are you doing it? And this is what it's benefiting you in the future. Right. And also you're providing data, right? So the yeah. data component to me is, is a big part of this. It's one thing to buy the gear and that you'll make some money off of that. But what does the data say? What's happening when every time you wear a different color shoe, man, you're getting a lot of hits on what's going on. And I think that alone is it's extremely valuable because you're saying like you have X amount of Instagram followers, you have X amount of Twitter followers. Well, how much does that mean? And who's going to pay you for that? Well, I mean, that's just so much for debate. And now right now you have advertising's like just dropped right out of nowhere. And, and so what's going to happen with it? Well, but if you can get access to certain things and kind of cut around, you know, go, you don't need the middle person. Perhaps game day is considered a middle person in there, but not in the middle person as I think about like this intermediary that it's just different. There's something unique about it where you're still providing this opportunity where so many other times there's like there's so many different things and there's so many obstacles in the way. You're always gonna have to overcome obstacles, but if you can clear them out a little bit more, that's where a game day can come in and really help these players and athletes. And I think it's awesome because they have this platform and you might as well use it. Yeah. Take advantage of it because again, you just never know when it's going to end. The lifespan of a professional athlete is, it depends what sport, but it's, it's short. Yeah. So, you know, when you're... Yeah. Football is what? Three yeah. years max. And, and, and oh, by the way, yeah. you, they might lose the 21 season, 21-22 season yeah. or 2021 season. Right. Just like that. They have never saw it coming. And what does that mean financially for them? Well, we've talked to a lot of athletes we had Nate Oliver on it and he talked about his transition. He never played professional football. He was a highly recruited player and he struggled with the transition. He was watching a player wear his jersey number. The following year, he wasn't there anymore. And it was like surreal to him. And he talked about how he really struggled with it. And he's there to say, he's like, he knows a lot of players that still struggle with it. Or you have athletes that they play in the NFL and they play for four years and they get hurt and they get hurt again. And the next thing you know, it's over for them. Now, what are they going to do? And I've heard those stories over and over again. It doesn't have to be because of injury. There's so many different things that could happen, but you build that brand, you build that following. Next thing you know, you can transition. It's never going to be easy, I don't think, because the lights just suddenly go off. 
that's got to be a tough experience. I've talked about it before. I didn't love leaving college. I wanted to stay in college forever, right? But at some point, like you have to transition, you have to figure that out. And if you have something a little bit, you have a couple steps taken for you, man, it certainly helps. So I think it's awesome what you guys are doing. I'm excited we got to chat about it. Where do people learn about you, about game day and what's going on? Yeah, so you can check us out at gmdy.co. That's our website where you can create an account and start following your favorite athletes and teams. You can also download us, download the GMDY app in the iOS app store and on the Google Play store. So go ahead and download the app, create an account, follow your favorite athletes and teams. When sports pick back up, we'll notify you when those games are going on and we'll have that real-time consumer opportunity and, or real just discovery opportunity so you can see really what makes your favorite athletes who they are. Yeah. And are you out there too as well as social media? Like personally, are you mostly operating from the game day side of things? I have a personal where it's more just family related. I try to keep the two separate while I'm not embarrassed by my family. My personal one, I, I maintain some level of uh, decency there. Yeah. Because I've made those mistakes when I was in college. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I've since <laughs> cleaned those up. I've, I've grown up a little bit, uh, just a little bit. But yeah. Otherwise, you can email me at Danny. D-A-N-N-Y at gmdy.co. Love to talk more about it. Or any athletes that are out there that are interested in creating a profile, I'm happy to do that for you and get you set up. That's awesome. Well, Danny, I appreciate it. I hope we get to be watching sports here and interact on that level. It'd be awesome. But thank you for your time, your ideas, uh, providing opportunities for all sorts of people and you stay safe out there. Likewise. Thanks again. One of my favorite things about our Sportsypreneur content platform is the opportunity to chat with amazing people in and around the world of sports. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you want to connect more, hit us up on Instagram at Sportsypreneur. Thank you for listening to this CAD Source production, the Sports Epreneur podcast, the podcast where sports and entrepreneurship collide. 